What is up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Guadani Vision, the first ever podcast dedicated to Paraguayan football in English. As always, I'm Roberto Rojas, and joining me are my two great co-hosts, Federico Perez and Rob Hanna. And guys, we're heading into almost the end of the month. Obviously, we got a couple more months until the start of the World Cup. It's unfortunate that our national teams, well, I say that the national team that we tend to cover here on Guadani Vision won't be making, but obviously here we're starting to get pumped up for the United States getting there. Obviously, Ralph has his English ties. He's getting ready to see if it's going to actually come home and not at Wembley in this case and come home from Qatar. But obviously, we're sticking into what really has been kind of a, a dramatically filled um, weekend in the in the clausura. Obviously, we saw some Paraguayans get on the score sheet in, in England and obviously get some playing time as well. And of course, Paraguay actually playing next week against Mexico. And, and I'd like to get Ralph in here on this one because he and him and I will be traveling to Atlanta for the game against Mexico at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, obviously, a reunion for Tata Martino taking on his former national team. And obviously, Guillermo Barros-Cadoto coming back to playing in a, in a ground that he was a manager in MLS playing for, playing for, managing LA Galaxy. So, Ralph, I'll go to you on this one first because I think it should be very much a, an exciting game. And we'll talk about other things in a minute. But just talking about this one, it's... Uh, it's going to be your first Paraguay game, actually, on, on American soil, because you've been to Paraguay games in Europe. You've been to the ones in Africa, obviously, in South America. But now you can put in another continent to watch Paraguay games. Yeah, there you go. My first first Paraguay game in the U.S. and also first trip to the Mercedes-Benz. So I'm excited about that because it's an awesome stadium. I guess we're not going to be full like it was an Atlanta United game, but I'm still really looking forward to that. And I think you're right that it's a game where we can have some fun and not be too, too concerned about the result because this is there's so much time between now and the, the next Copa America. And also this is a local team. So most of the players are going to be from the local league, maybe, maybe like, I don't know, like 80, 90% of them. So we're not expecting too much. I think it's a good way to see how they can line up and kind of rub their shoulders with the the Mexican team, which is also going to be a, a, a like a local based a domestic team because it's all Liga MX players. Um, so yeah, looking forward to it. Hopefully we'll meet a few Paraguayan fans out there as well from across the US because I, I know already of a few people that are, are traveling from different places like yourself, Roberto, because it's, it's further for you than, than me, I think, to get to Atlanta. So it should be a, a good atmosphere and good fun. And if anybody has some, can bring some cheaper or something, I will happily accept. Well, we'll see. Oh, you got to make an asado at this point, you know, get your grill, get it from, from somewhere over there in Miami and get a tailgate going, guys. I think that'd be great. And Fede, you know, it sucks that you won't be able to to be here because I think it would have been great to to have you there to be at obviously a a big stadium that I'm sure you've seen a lot obviously during your time watching Miguel Miron play at MLS and you know just you know obviously it's also going to be a World Cup stadium in four years time so uh, you'll definitely get a, a sneak peek of what could be uh, the kind of environment that we'll get in four years time. Yeah, I want to hear all about it next week on the next episode, guys. Just how it was in Atlanta that preview. The, that game, obviously, and that gathering, that, that special occasion to run into a couple of fair wines from all across the U.S., just like Ralph is saying, like Roberto, that's going to make the trip also. Um, I think we're going to find a lot of stories. You guys are going to run into a lot of people probably that are from all over the, the country that want to be close to their Albi Roja, no matter what's going on with our national team as of this year. Yeah, it is a World Cup year, and we're not going, but 
but we do have a game. We're thinking up ahead, and it doesn't matter what's going on with your with your country. It's always your national team, and when it's close by, you want to go to that game, just like it happens with you guys in this occasion. I know you guys, it's not just about going to work. It's not just about watching the game. It's also about enjoying the experience, and I think you're going to find a lot of people that are are going to be in the same situation. I don't know. I don't know how the preview is going to be for you guys. I don't know if you're going to have, have find Chipa in Atlanta. That's going to be kind of hard for Ralph. You got to make it at this point. You got to make it at this yeah, point, you don't make you? It. I, I remember my time in the U.S., those previews and the football games, those barbecues right out, uh, right outside the, the stadium. It's, it's not that, it's not that far away from what you see here in the stadiums in Paraguay also, where you can buy your barbecue, you can buy something to eat before you get there. But it's going to be hard to find some cheaper. It's probably going to be hard to find some dirty during the preview, especially I think you guys are going to need it. It's still hot over there, right? It's still summer. So it is going to be kind of a summer game in Atlanta and in that beautiful stadium. I know the players are also looking ahead, probably not just to play against Mexico, not just to play in the national team, but probably just to play at that stadium. It's one of the best stadiums I think we have. It's just like Ralph was saying in, in, in the continent, uh, I would even say it's one of the most modern ones. And, and I'm looking forward just to hopefully see some new faces, some new names, and mixed in with with experienced players, right? That's what we've seen in these practices in these last two weeks. Uh, Stegoto had a lot of time with these players. Well, not that much time, but at least he had two weeks, pretty much five practices in total if you put them all together. So it, it was uh, an important time for him to take some advantage and know more, more about these players and get that Mexico uh, game ready. Roberto. Yeah, the, the result might not be that important, but hey, I want to win. We really need to win, man. We, we're not winning lately. Uh, no, absolutely. And then for me, uh, personally, I haven't seen Paraguay win ever in my lifetime going to the game. So maybe we can finally break that streak. I've been to 10 Paraguay games in two different continents. I've never seen them win ever so i need to break that streak as well but uh no in, instead of maybe chipa and da, 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 i think might we go for tacos and tequila instead just to get a bit more uh just to loosen up a little bit more i think ralph would be, and I be would a lot be more of that in atlanta i think there's gonna be a uh, lot of mexicans uh, right a sea, of, a sea of green at mercedes-benz stadium rather than the red and white that's for sure but uh obviously we'll obviously keep in touch and keep our updates on our twitter handles and obviously on our social media so make sure to stay tuned for that as we switch gears to what's been going on with our paraguayan players as we talk now literally a couple hours uh, after a Paraguayan that obviously we've spoken about quite some time uh, in Julio and CISO actually just had his first ever start for Brighton's first team. Remember, this was a player that had come in through the summer, had seen some of him in preseason. I think he got a couple of assists. He's obviously been playing in Grand Potter's team. But when the season started, he's gone three games without playing on the first team, as you know, Brighton have not lost those first three games either. But we have seen Enciso been playing for the U21 side, the youth side the in the Premier League 2 league. Sorry, in the Premier League 2, where he is playing all the games. He he played against Crystal Palace in a, in a loss, and he did reasonably well. But in the next game against Liverpool, where they tied 1-1, he was the one that scored. And now he gets his first opportunity to start for the first team under Graham Potter, um, in this game against Forest Green Rovers in the EFL Cup, which is basically the the third domestic championship of uh, of England. You know, you have the Premier League, you have the FA Cup, and then you have the EFL Cup, uh, which is basically involved of all the 92 teams of the Football League, which is the fourth divisions in England. Uh, and obviously Brighton are in there. 
and Forest Green Rovers, our fourth division side. So we saw NCSO get on the pitch. He played, I think, 80 minutes, but he uh, he got the assist for the second goal. Brighton won three nil in the end uh, to Steven Azazi's. Uh, he got the assist for that to help Steven Azazi scored and. And it's good confidence. And, and so, Ralph, I'll go to you on this one because obviously, you know, Brighton will be taking on Arsenal next in the next round, which I'm sure for you will be kind of a, a split heart for you. But in any case, before even before that, I think um, I think from what we see from NC, so I think a lot of people have obviously been so expectant, especially in Paraguay, because everyone was thinking, oh, he came in with this big prize that we thought that he was going to be playing as a starter or even just getting significant minutes. But when we remember from that chat that we had with Andy guys, you know, this is something that Brighton tend to do that they tend to indeed go and, and help a player not get rushed into the first team. We saw that with players like Moises Caicedo, Alexis McAllister and other young players who've come through Brighton. And so we're starting to see that with Julio and Julio is getting that experience playing at the U23 U21 level, you know, getting an idea of how English football works. And so far it's been working out well. So, you know, I personally think, and I'm, I'd love to hear what you guys think. I think it's only going to be a matter of time until he indeed is going to get minutes playing in the Premier League. But at the end of the day, it's it's been good so far. And there really isn't that big of a rush. Yeah, I think it's um, it is what we hoped would happen. I think we, we hoped that he would get some minutes first with the under-21s and then get his chance in these games where they don't play their first team because today's side that Brighton put out was pretty much, I'm trying to think, there was maybe one player that you might sometimes see in the Premier League sides, but none of them have started a a Premier League game. So it was a a very changed side. But that's what we're hoping because then he gets his chance in a much more competitive match than than the Premier League 2, which, like you say, is under-21s football for mostly. You're allowed to play some players that are over 21 but but essentially it's like it's like when he would have played under 20s in Paraguay so I think for real competition it was it was today and and he did the kind of Julio and Ciso things that, that we could expect of him he just picked up the ball and ran at, at defenders because that's what he likes doing and he'll take shots and he'll shoot from anywhere it didn't come off for him today he dragged one just wide he shot one terribly wide of his left foot but, um, but then he gets the assist and he assists his good friend, Stephen Alsate, because although Stephen Alsate speaks uh, more Londoner than me, he's actually half Colombian. So, and he's, he plays for the national team for Colombia. So he speaks perfect Spanish as well. And, and we've seen those two bonding quite a lot in the, in the kind of uh, Instagram and, and also the, the, the team news that, that Brighton, when they put up photos, you can see them in training together, that kind of thing. So I think that was really nice of that, that combo happened and yeah for next steps i mean i i would expect to see him against arsenal so he's going to get to step on the on the pitch of the emirates which i think is an awesome opportunity because uh, brighton played today in the second round of the cup because they haven't qualified for european competition but all the teams that qualified for european competition which of course includes arsenal they don't come into the cup until the third round so so this next round now is like it's really when all the big teams are are in there and so he'll get a he'll get a great chance i think to play because i would assume graham potter wants to do the same kind of thing in terms of premier league we have to wait and see because i know you're you're excited roberta but i think another guy that played tonight uh mitoma the the japanese signing he's been very good as well and i think he might be just above 
in season the pecking order in terms of of getting in there but we'll, but we'll see we'll see what happens um i think as well the fact that brighton are playing very well doesn't help his case right <laughs> we almost need them to to slip up in a couple of games or maybe to a suspension injury um but let's see i mean he's doing everything he needs to do i think he's he's kind of handling himself very well and, and he's staying true to his style which is important because that's why they signed him right they signed him because of what he was doing here and that's running at players and and shooting and trying to score yeah i don't think you're gonna take that that's south american style out of him i mean you can make him more a tactical player give him some tactical tasks but you know he's he's, he's a magician he, he has so much under him and I think he's going to surprise a lot of people, just like I said before. And I, I, I'm not surprised that it's not taking him that long just to already get a chance in the in the in the team. I mean, Brighton knows what they take, what what they took. They they know they have a great player, and I I think they've seen him in the practice. They've seen him in his first games, and they know what they're doing and just how 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 fast they have to take him and just how much minutes they have to give him and. Thankfully, the season the season is long in the Premier League, so he's going to get his time. But yeah, for the season, he's probably he's probably been waiting for these games also. So he's probably been very anxious. So it's good to, for him to get it out of his system, get that first assist. I'm waiting for his first goal also. You know, get all those first things in quickly. Uh, I, I remember, I mean, you know, had some trouble getting that first goal in, in Newcastle and that took him some time. So it's always good that as soon as you get there into a new place and, and you want to show everything that you have. I, I, was, I, was even, I was even remembering some people were saying that, you know, sometimes he just likes to do way too much and he just likes to show off. But, you know, it's just kind of part of his style also. He has so much under him and... I think he's going to have great games uh, along the season. It's not going to be easy for him because the, the surprise for me is just how well Brighton is right now in the Premier League just starting off. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to keep it up, obviously. Um, but with Nciso there, he, he's going to take advantage of the opportunities that are going to come along the way. And I'm looking forward to that Arsenal I, I'm going to buy my jersey. I'm going to go against Arsenal on this one. Obviously, Brighton, I'm, I'm, I'm getting into the season already, especially because Julio Ciso is coming in, Roberto. When, when we got that first news that he wasn't going to be in that first game against Manchester United, you know, everybody was down here. Everybody was like, oh, we're going to have to wait so long now. And, hey, just two games later, here we have him in the Carabobo Cup, and he already had an impact on the game. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And yeah, of course, Brighton have been doing so well. They they beat Manchester United. They beat West Ham. They tied Newcastle. We'll talk in a minute. But yeah, I think that's the case, Ralph. It's like it's almost as if, you know, with this Brighton team, who you know, they always punched a bunch. Well, yeah, that's in a way, it's also a win win, at least, you know, because he's on a good team. And, you know, I think obviously he's getting minutes somewhere else. And like you said, it's a big competition. Mind you, they still have to play FA Cup. And that's not till January, I think. So, you know, he got a lot of time there for him. I, I think, you know, I think eventually, I think, and this is what Potter likes to do. And we remember that chat we had with Andy. I think he is going to, you know, rotate a lot. And obviously Brighton have used the same lineup, literally the exact same three games, uh, the same starting lineup. So for them, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, but they do have some games coming up. Obviously they take on Leeds, they take on Fulham, and then they take on Leicester as their next three uh until september so games will come and go and and i think obviously i think this was this is important because 
you got three games happening in a span of a week. So I, know, I think rotation is going to be so important for this side. So maybe we see and see so get on the bench, maybe get some minutes, but it'll come. I'm, I'm very much optimistic. We'll see what happens, but let's switch gears now to another Paraguayan who let's be real. I think have expected a lot because this is the player that has been, you know, kind of the flag bearer for players in the premier league. And that's Miguel Miron. Miguel Miron obviously is also going through a good start this season. Actually, they're in currently in sixth place because they first won their first game against Tottenham Forest 2-0 and tied Brighton nil-nil where Miggy was the starter. He played almost all the game minutes. And then the big one, the big game against Man City over there at St. Jason's Park. A lot of people was talking about how this was kind of the reunion between him and Jack Grealish after all the comments that was made from him uh, when City won the, the Premier League, Grealish, I think, obviously chickened out, obviously, because we didn't even see him on the bench. Uh, he, he was obviously out due to an injury, but that did not phase Miggy at all, as obviously Miggy ended up scoring his first goal, kind of a weird goal, actually, you know, because you see the cross from St. Maximin, he hits it with his knee. Everyone was celebrating, but then everyone was looking at saying, wait a minute, is it offside? And then he just saw the reaction that he that was given from all the fans over there at St. James's Park. And, and obviously for him, they were winning at 1.31, um, but then obviously tied 3-3. But Fede, I mean, obviously, result aside, that must have been the perfect result and motivation that Miggy needed because I think, you know, obviously getting that goal, like you had said beforehand, you know, how it took him so long. Uh, I think for this case, now that he finally gets it a bit sooner in his third game, remember it took him a long time to get his first goal last season. Now he's breaking his his duck and he's now starting to, to you know, obviously be a, a player on a team that is obviously going to get better with time. But he's showing that, no, I want to be here and I want to be a vocal part of this team. This is beautiful. It's great to see it happening, you know, just to see him bounce back after what happened with the national team. That must have happened. That must have been easy for him. I mean, getting over the, the situation that he's not going to be in the next World Cup, that he couldn't take his his team, his country to the World Cup, which was part of his mission. And I think he got over that pretty fast during the preseason. We kind of saw that already, that he was really into his club, that he was scoring. And then Mickey was back. And when I say Miggy is back, I mean Miggy from Atlanta, uh, Roberto, this guy that was scoring in pretty much every game, this guy that was causing impact. And he was just a, one more star in the team. And that's what I'm seeing now in Newcastle. Newcastle has way better players this season. You, you can see it just from the starting lineup. And St. Maxim is a star in this team also. And when those two guys are, are doing their thing, it's really hard for the opponent team. And so I, I even heard what Diola talking about these two players after the game. So, so it, it was hard. it was a headache for for the Manchester City players, and I'm happy to see Amiron scoring just to be treated like an idol. Also in Newcastle, throwing banners of him. I, I, props to that kid that had that sign, well, asking for his for his jersey. Uh, 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 on halftime, that was a beautiful picture. Everybody was talking about that here in Paraguay also. Uh, well, we, we love to see these guys do it big. We love to see these guys do well. And I think Almiron is, is ready to have his best season yet, right? I mean, this is the best start that he could have gotten. He's playing. Uh, the coach has has confidence in him and not, not as much as Steve Bruce had. So uh, I, I'm really happy about what, what could happen this season, especially seeing him 
uh, uh, scoring so much and close to the goal. I mean, he's getting opportunities now. He's not playing in a defensive role like he was before. So he's playing and attacking, and this is the Amiron I want to see. I want to see him and Julio Ciso in the next uh, friendlies also because after we play Mexico in a, in a, in, in a month from now, we're going to be playing uh, friendlies also in Europe. So there we might get a chance to see these players uh, coming together and, and playing right now. As of right now, they're doing really well in, in England. Yeah, it's, um, I'm looking, as you were talking, I was looking at a couple of things I think are really important. One is he's averaged 85 minutes per game so far. So it's not just that he's starting the games. He's he's been used for the almost the whole time. There, there was a period where you saw Almiron being often the first sub, right? Which usually happens around 60 minutes in those few games he did start. And when he leaves the pitch, he's over, Rob. I mean, he leaves everything out there. Yeah, exactly. So you can see how that's appreciated by by Eddie Howe. Also today, I think it was today, right, that they played Tramnir in the in the League Cup and in a, the contrast to, to Enciso, um, he was on the bench but didn't come on because they, they didn't need him. So he's considered one of those first teamers that they wouldn't risk in a game like this in against lower league opposition. So that's like his pecking orders right there. And then a couple of things he's doing differently is looking at his heat map. He's playing on the right. So again, we like to see him in the middle where, where you can, but he's much he's much more occupying the right-hand side, but he's nearly almost in the final third, the opposition third. That, that heat map is like totally different to when we saw him under Steve Bruce and was having to do so much more work uh, defensively. And he's averaging 1.7 shots per game so far. So he is getting in those positions to shoot. So I think it's, it's like you were saying, Fede, it's like we're seeing him attack and we're seeing that's where we know he's much better doing that kind of work. And it, he's in a team that's playing well. So he gets, he's got that support. I mean, playing mostly he's, he's drifting out onto the right-hand side and then he has Kieran Trippier behind him. So he's got a very quality fullback to, to back him up as well. So I think just that, that whole kind of combination of his manager's trust, he's in a position he likes to be in more, and then he's got more quality players around him is, is really going to help him. So it's good. And now just we don't want him to leave, right? Because there was a rumor that he was linked to, I think, Everton or something. But I would I would hope he doesn't make that move because it would be it wouldn't make sense. It'd be a downgrade, honestly. Have a better team? Does no. Everton have a better roster right now? I don't think right so. Now? Right now, no, absolutely not. I, I I disagree. I mean, Everton, for me, I think they're one of the candidates to get relegated because there's just a lot of instability. Yeah. So I, I mean. I think now, obviously, and you see these performances, I, I don't think, obviously, Newcastle are probably going to do some business to the end of the transfer window, but you think that Miggy has got his spot in for now and that come the next few games, he's just going to have to continue to earn it because that's it. It's like it's for him. It's this, it's these games to really impress and and to allow Eddie Howe to continue to trust him that he could be a starter for the entire season. So yeah, we'll, we'll definitely see how it goes with him. Obviously got some couple games getting on, you know, I think it's good that he's not on this national team heading into this, this break. So obviously he's going to be playing a lot more. So it, we'll, we'll see. We'll definitely see if he is able to, you know, continue to get the goals and the assists if he can see if Enciso can finally get some minutes in the Premier League as well. So pretty, pretty good week at safe for both the two guys in, in England as we switch gears now to obviously our local league in Paraguay, because I think, you know, <laughs> guys, I think, you know, it, it's so interesting to really see how a, how a league can be so competitive at the same time and just completely turned around. I mean, 
I think for once we can actually feel as if though we can be right on our predictions because as the time as we speak, obviously the Klausuda is still going strong in its seventh game of the season. At the time of recording, Libertad are currently top of the league with 15 points tied with Olimpia only by goal differential. Libertad is leading them four goals. But Cedro, Cedro dropped points on the weekend where they were actually winning uh, to Club Guarani only for them to uh, them to tie in the 87th minute due to a Nestor Camacho penalty kick. But with that... They are currently in third with 14 points, followed by Nacional in fourth with 12 points, and then Taquaru actually with 11 points to round up the top five. I mean, Fede, we continue to talk about Cedro's struggles and, and the way that, you know, everything's just getting completely, I would say, heated on, on Chiqui Arce, the pressure's on them. We, I think we even saw like a protest from fans outside the, I think I think it was the stadium or like one of those like areas. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, things are not looking good for Cedro, and and we've spoken about it for quite some time. It's continuing to go on and on. It's like a big domino effect. What's up with them? What's I don't even. I honestly, if I'm an Olympia fan or a Nacional fan or even a Libertad fan, I would be very very confident that I could go and probably contend for this Clausura title. But if you're a Cedro fan, that optimism is going way way down now. Yeah, as of right now, uh, they, I would say they haven't been able to win. Uh, I, I mean, that that I think that was the big issue on this last game, especially against Guarani, because just like you said, I mean, they were winning pretty much the whole game, and they lost it. They gave a penalty away right, right at the end of the match, and, and Guarani pretty much celebrated a, a tie in Cerro Porteño Stadium. If they would have won, you know, the week would have probably been a lot calmer. The, the, the fans would have would have probably given some a breather, especially to the to the to the players that have been criticized because of the way they've been playing lately. I mean, this is pretty much a roster that we've seen play a lot better uh, in other years, and I think that that's where the fans have uh, are are after these players. You know, just because you've seen them play a lot better before, and they're not at the top level right as of right now, and. Some players are not behaving either. I mean, Car- Carvajal, the Colombian, came in late last time that he was called in to to concentrate, and that and that was kind of weird, you know. In in, in a in a time of, as as it is right now in, in Cerro Porteño, where where everybody's questioning everything that's been doing that's been done, and 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 everybody's on top of you, you can't make mistakes, and you you got to be on your top shape, you got to be on your top game, and. We're not seeing that out of certain players. I mean, Claudio Aquino hasn't had his impact on games lately. Yeah, he, he, he made the assist on the last game, but that's just pretty much it. That's all he's contributed in these last three games, and that's just how this hasn't been enough for one of the stars in this team. And and then you have Chiquiaz's decisions also uh, in, in certain players, as in keeping Marcelo Moreno-Martins in the team so much, and he hasn't been able to score as many goals as, as fans were, were waiting out of him. So you, you put this all together and it's this situation. It, it is with certain drama. And with Chiqui Arce, there is a lot of history also. We, every time we talk about this this coach, you know, it's, it's everything that happened with the national team. It's He has certain history also in Cerro Porteño. And I think those big losses in the year, just like I said on the, ep- on the episode before this one, I think those ones are the ones that are, really 
uh, hurting on the fans. And that's why some are just like, I'm done with this project. I don't want to wait three more years. Uh, uh, this this isn't working as of right now. And and they want it over. Uh, uh, for now, they're giving more time because, you know, the team is still up there. They're, they're fighting for the, for the title. So uh, I think the title race has just gotten better and better in these last games. I mean, after Olympia beat Sierra Porteña, they're back into the tournament. Libertad has won pretty much all their games after they lost a couple at the beginning. And they're looking sharp, sharper and sharper. They, they got so much players. You got Berlini lately uh, heating up. You got Taquara Cardoso coming in and, and pretty much scoring on every game. So Garnero has no problems picking players as of right now in Libertad. He, he only, he's only getting solutions. And Nacional, I would say, is 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 the, the team that kind of let me down in these last games. You know, they had the chance. They had the chance to play against Cerro Porteño. They, they had the chance to play against Libertad. And they kind of they were kind of far away as of, as of having the level to really uh, be up there. So uh, the way I see it is between those three those three teams, uh, Libertad, Olimpia, and Cerro Porteño. And in that order, Rob, I don't know if you think differently. Wow. Um, well, I agree with Cerro in, in third <laughs> because, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think as we're talking about them, I mean, their the real problem has been, it, it's almost like it's like a fatigue and and then the goal scoring has suffered behind that because they, they just look very flat, right? Like they, they, they just don't have kind of that spark and, and you don't really see them when in, in games, you don't see them kind of resolving the game and, and winning the game. They, they, they don't seem to have many answers and, and within themselves, they can't really find that. And, and the, the manner of, of the draw against Guarani was very disappointing for them because it was just, they, they finally had managed to get a breakthrough and then they gave away a very kind of silly penalty. And, and that was, that was their chance gone just at the at the end. Um, now they have a trip to to the east. They're in Ciudad del Este. They're, they're playing. They just got there today, as we record Wednesday. They're playing on Friday, so they haven't had much rest between that time and 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 now they have to travel the the longest distance you can travel in Paraguay, basically for a game. So it's it's really piling. The pressure is really piling on top of them. Even worse, they're they're facing General Caballero, that's managed by Gustavo Florentin, who knows Cerro very well. He probably coached some of the, those players because he used to coach in the very young level. He got a chance also at the senior side, but he's probably did some of those players when they're like under 15s or something. So he knows that 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 team well. Uh, so it's looking very difficult. And then the 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 difference right with Libertad and Olimpia. Yeah. Libertad seem to be coming into it now. They, they really seem to be finding that form that took them to the record points total last year. They're scoring very easily between Rocky Santa Cruz, uh, Lorenzo Melgarejo, even Diego Gomez has been finding goals from the field. So, so they're starting to really come into it. And so it might be more a case of can Olympia, can Olympia hold on because to, to Libertad and, and, and keep up with them. I mean, Olympia did well at the the weekend with the with the their two 0 win, and they they just keep finding those results through through Julio Cesar that we talked about before, like very direct and effective. Um, so I agree, it's between those three. I, I can't see Nacional Nacional the style that they play with Saravia is, is very difficult to win a title. They're they're good at 
making themselves hard to beat, but I don't think they can, they're going to be able to get enough points to really be in there. So I, so I agree with you. I think it's those three, Cerro in third, and then ah, between Olympia and Libertad, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess I have to say guys, when is it time to take Cerro out of that discussion? Yeah, you know, I mean the way that they're performing, they're probably likely. I would say probably in three games they play Libertad, and that could be the decider, right? If they, well, they might even lose these two now against General Caballero and Resistencia coming up. But in three games' time, they have Libertad, and I think at that point, if if they were to lose that game, then then it would be too much. They they'd be out of it. Yeah, that's the big match. That's the that in the, in the calendar. I think they have it marked right there in the, in the locker room. I mean, they got these two games ahead, but they have to beat Libertad uh, just because that's been the big opponent the whole year. And Cerro Porteño lost the Super Classic already. And that's had a big impact in the locker room with the fans. And they have to win a big game, Roberto. Yeah, they can win in Ciudad Leste now against General Caballero, just like they won Ameliano. Last time they won actually was in Ciudad Leste against Ameliano. And, and now they're going to go back to that same stadium to try to get that smile back. But uh, it's not going to be enough if they beat General Caballero. I mean, they need to beat Libertad. They need to be, beat the big teams and, and do it in, in big style. You know, it's just like they did in the Apertura. They beat that team 4-0 in, in, in Cerro Porteño Stadium. They need to get another big win like that to get the fans with them again. Because it's not, it's not good to see the fans the Barra Bravas, as they call them here, the hooligans going to the practices, uh, putting the pressure, trying to talk to the players, pretty much trying to run the show and pretty much trying to tell everybody what, what, what needs to be done. I mean, that's what's pretty much happening in Cerro Porteño. That's what pretty much happens in the big teams here in South America. When things are not going well, those guys always come around. Absolutely. And, and mind you, they also have to score goals, you know, only eight goals this season in seven games in comparison to Libertad's 19 Nobody's and Olympia's 13. Nobody. And, and and especially from the players that, you know, I think a huge chunk of their goals came from Morales, but obviously he's not there. And, you know, you see players coming around from everywhere, from uh, Marcelo Martins Moreno and Alan Rodriguez, uh, Alfio Oviedo and, and so on. But that's it. That's it. No one really else is really stepping up. So, you know, it, it could be even a case of them trying to change tactically how they they go their approach. But I wanted to close off, obviously, with Libertad and Olympia now, because, you know, those two are really much in, in great form, like I mentioned, scoring goals, obviously, uh, are, you know, teams that are looking good so far, really tied up there. The big game, obviously, is on, on September 11th when they do take on each other. So, or at least, you know, around that weekend, obviously. So it, it'll be a while for them. But if you had to put your money on a team right now that heading into that Olympia Libertad game and looking at obviously the two games, the, the schedule that both teams have leading up to that game, if I'm a fan, which team do you feel that is you would be more comfortable in, not comfortable, but more confident in, in hoisting that, that Clausura title? I'm going with Libertad just because it's been the more stable team the, uh, with, uh, the whole year. I mean, Carnero has just found solutions at solution. He, he gets players uh, injured and he has two, three already waiting uh, there, you know, and they're top level players. I mean, he's even gotten players that I, I didn't even think we were going to see this year, like Diaz, the Chilean player, the midfielder. 
I mean, he, he's been playing a lot more than I thought he was going to end up playing in this 2022. So, so Gardner has actually surprised me and even putting young players also, just like Rob was saying, I mean, the, the impact that midfielders having there also and, and even taking it to the national team now, um, I'm really happy about that. And we're getting, we're seeing the best Roque Santa Cruz, we're seeing in the best Oscar Tacuara Cardoso that they're taking care of business right in front of the goal so if they're scoring it's going to be even harder for any def defense that comes uh, that way the good thing about Olympia is that right now I think they found their defense you know uh, it, it was probably a, a place where they had a lot of trouble during the whole year but uh, apparently Julio Sosa Cáceres finally found his starting defense and it, it kind of surprised me there with, with Saul Salcedo and Mateo Gamarra, Mateo Gamarra, who also made it to the national team for his first time. So it's a good, it's a good time right as of right now for that defense and uh, alongside with a very good, good goalkeeper, the Uruguayan Olveira, who has left behind uh, uh, Aguilar, who, who was also uh, always uh, a player that, that was considered for the national team. So uh, Olympia is, is in a good spot, but I think just the overall rap as of, as of right now the way i see it libertad has just way too much uh if you put the, if you put them alongside olympia and saro Potani. yeah I was, uh, I was letting you answer first because it is a tough question i think i think ultimately i do agree with you because because of the league and the amount of games that are played then a team like libertad or a squad like libertad is is holding the the advantage but i do think i mean olympia with if, if they were to able to keep those players fit, which is a big if, then they, they do have a good chance because they've molded that, that defense together. They've got Richard Ortiz when he's fit is, is keeping that, that midfield ticking. And then you have Delis Gonzalez up front, who's, who's of the quality of kind of the rock and Taquara, right? He's, he's up there in that kind of level. So there, that kind of 11 v 11, it's almost it's almost very balanced, but I think yeah, when it comes down to it, you would you're going to assume there will be some suspensions, there will be some injuries. I mean, Olympia's already had an important injury to to Quintana Hugo Quintana, so those things affect you. But it's going to affect Olympia more than Libertad because of the the strength and depth that that Fede was talking about. So I mean, if you know, gun to my head, time then I'll go for for Libertad to to be back to back champions which is which is a very impressive feat and i think i i have to check my my stats but i think it would take a um, garnero to record territory i think only one person would have won more leagues than him which is Cubia, assuming he wins he was to win now i'd have to check that but he's he's right up there he's won so many titles now yeah, yeah, he reminds me a lot of Ruben Israel, who was a, who was for a long time manager of, of Libertad, and he he only kept that role because he was winning championships pretty much one after the other one. And the same thing is happening with Carnero now in Libertad being so successful. And we're not only going to see these teams go face to head in the local league, Roberto. We're also going to see them in the Copa Paraguay, so they're they're going to go up against each other a, a couple of times. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's going to be a case of, you know, what team really stands out better, which one has better quality. And I agree with both of you. I think we were thought are the favorites right now, obviously being reigning champions, but obviously being a team that just does not look to be stopped at the minute. So, yeah, I think um, I think I have to agree on that and then see what happens there in these next few games, obviously in the Copa Paraguay as well, because I think that's going to be a, a real test to show how, how good they are from a 
from a depth standpoint as we close out another great episode of Guardian Vision. Obviously, keep an eye on me and Ralph's social media as we'll be traveling to Atlanta and keeping you all the coverage out there for the Paraguay Mexico game. For myself, Roberto Rojas, Fede Perez, and Ralph Hanna, thank you so much for listening in. See you soon.